Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. My grandfather was a carpenter by trade, built houses, did all sorts of carpentry work. And when he and my grandmother were older, on my father's side, when he, they were older, um, and I never really knew them real well, uh, my interaction with them when I was real young and then didn't have much until after my grandfather had actually passed away, just because life circumstances. But when they were older, they, he stopped doing carpentry for a living. Well, I, that isn't quite true. He kept doing carpentry, but what they did is they would go to a place, a church that was building a building. You know, they were in a building project. And he would go park their camper there, their trailer, and live there and work there until the project was done. And then he would move on to the next church, wherever that was, and all over the West out there. They did this. Felt that that's what God wanted to do. Well, I didn't hear this story until after my grandfather had passed away. And my grandmother was in in a nursing home and... uh, I didn't really have much interaction with her different parts of the country. But one day, uh, my uncle started tell- talking about what had happened in my grandparents' lives. And then, you know, my dad said something and my aunt said something. And I started listening and I asked some questions. You know, this is back in the day before there were cell phones. Any of you, you remember that? Some of you? Okay. Back in the day before there were cell phones. Uh, there was no email, no text messaging, no Facebook. And how many of you remember that it used to be too expensive to call long distance most of the time? Yeah, okay. Uh, isn't that crazy? So it wasn't unusual not to hear from somebody for a while. Well, one day, I don't know who it was in the family, got a letter from my grandparents asking them to go to their house in Oak Grove, Missouri. You know where that is probably, Justin? Uh, Oak Grove, Missouri, a town of about 1,500 people at the time, and to go and to take care of their house and kind of close it up and, you know, make sure it was secure. And I think they probably ended up selling it. I'm not sure. But when the family went to do that, they went in there they said it looked like somebody had just, all of a sudden they had just gotten up and left. There were still dishes in the sink and other things around. And as I listened to my aunt and uncle and my dad talk about it, apparently my grandparents were sitting there one night and I don't know how long they'd been thinking about talking, but all of a sudden it became so clear to them that God wanted them to go do that ministry that they got up, packed a suitcase, and left. Now that's pretty bold Christian living, isn't it? And it's the kind of boldness that we're going to need if we are going to succeed at providing a half a million people in our area with a genuine opportunity to know Christ. It's the kind of boldness that that's not only you and I stepping out and witnessing and sharing our faith, it's the kind of boldness that says, we gotta start a church and, and who's gonna go and, and how we fund that thing and, 
And I mean, it's this kind of boldness that we, we're gonna need. And it's the kind of boldness that we see in the New Testament. In fact, let's go to Acts chapter 13. Last week we saw how the church at Antioch had been started. Uh, remember some Jewish believers uh, that weren't from Jerusalem. Uh, you know, they've been sharing their faith with, other, with the Jewish people who didn't know Jesus yet. And then all of a sudden some of them had an idea, hey, let's, let's talk to the Gentiles about it. Never been done before in the history of the world. And they did it. And many people were saved. And the church at Antioch was born. And it's really the church at Antioch, really the kind of church that uh, we would probably model ourselves after. And let me say this, that probably most, if not all of us are here today, are saved because of the missionary outreach that began in Antioch. Okay, we Gentiles being saved. So it was a big deal. But we get over to chapter 13, and this church is well established now. In verse number one, it says, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. So these are the leaders of the church. We might consider them to be functioning as pastors in this church. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, Saul whom we will come to know as Paul. And so they are there in the church and providing the leadership of the church, giving direction to the church. This is what God is saying to us, uh, teaching the church, okay, here's what the scriptures mean and how it applies to what we're doing in the gospel. Verse two, it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So, so as they serve the Lord, Minister to the Lord, that certainly would include their prayers to the Lord and their worship of him, but their serving of him, also their teaching, their ministry to people. Uh, they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. Then the Holy Spirit makes it clear, something clear to them. Separate Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, I tell you what this would be like. This would be like uh, some Tuesday afternoon when, when us pastors are meeting, me and Dave and Matt, and we have our, our meeting, and then Drew's usually in there with us as our intern, he's participating with us in that. If we were talking and praying, and then all of a sudden we get this sense amongst us that, that the Holy Spirit is saying, okay, I want Walt and Dave to, to leave and go serve me somewhere else. What? Wait a minute. That's not part of our plans, right? That's not on our agenda here today. But that's what it was like there. So God took two of their leaders and said, I, I want you to send them away. They, I, I have work for them to do. And they didn't, they didn't look like they called the church meeting. Didn't look like they called the business meeting. Anything like that. It says, verse three, it says, then having fasted and prayed, and we don't know how long this was. We don't know if this was an hour or a day or a week. But they took some time to fast and to pray over um, Saul and Barnabas. Then having fasted and prayed, laid hands on them, laying hands on them being symbolic of that we are separating you to God for his work. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away, sent them out. To where? They didn't know. <laughs> They didn't, it, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't tell them where to go, does it? We don't see that recorded. But it's, you've got to go. I've got work for you to do. Go. Uh, where should we go? Just, just go. 
By the way, faith, sometimes faith is believing God to take the first step that you know when you don't know what the second step is. You know, that happens in our lives sometimes. Whether it's in our relationships or in our witness or in our finances or in our ministry service, whatever. That we, we really know what we need to do next, but we say, but if we do that, then what? Far too often we don't take the first step because we don't know what the second one is. But they didn't know what the second one is here, but they took the first step. This is bold Christian living, isn't it? Now, look in, in verse number four. I like the way this says this. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus, and, and on and on it goes, and the whole story begins, which we'll be looking at in the weeks ahead here. But I, I think we can just do the first half of verse four, when it says this, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went. Being sent out, they went. Very simple, isn't it? But does that seem like a big deal to you? I mean, sometimes we read things in the Bible and we hear, we're used to hearing those kinds of things in the Bible and we don't think much about it. But I want to tell you, this is a huge deal because let's put it, in, let's frame it in our, our frame of reference today. You know, we've, uh, for a couple years now, we've been helping every year at Christmas time uh, with the refugees in the Middle East there, providing, you know, uh, blankets and uh, all sorts of things that they need, coats so that our missionaries have a way to connect with those refugees. And, and by the way, you know, the, the Lyles uh, tell us you know, that there, you know, more and more people are saved, more and more house churches are started. I, I don't know if they're house churches, they tent churches, I don't know, but churches are being started. I mean, so we have a part in that, okay? What if you go home tonight and as you're sitting quietly at home, uh, all of a sudden you start to get this you start thinking about those refugees. And, and all of a sudden you find yourself weeping over those refugees and you start to get a sense that God is burdening you to go do something about it. More than just giving $99, you know, to buy a kit. Because they need help there. They need people to help with the whole process. They need people to be supportive of the work that's going on there. And the longer you sit there, and maybe you talk with your spouse about it, and you both get this sense that we're supposed to go. We're supposed to go spend the next year over there doing whatever we can do to help. Would that be overwhelming? That'd be overwhelming, wouldn't it? And, and then when you get up tomorrow morning, do you, you think you'd rub your eyes and say, wait a minute, <laughs> did I dream that? That's assuming you could go to sleep. <laughs> and so maybe you call up, you know, me, Pastor Dave or Matt, and you talk and, and you say, wow, I, I really believe this is what God is telling me we're supposed to do. Uh, and what do we do? And you commit to it. So we talk to you about it and, and we say, well, you know what, reality is you need to go in and talk to your boss. Go in and talk to your boss and, and see if there's any way you can get a leave of absence for a year. And if not, then you're going to have to give your notice. Okay. And what are you going to do with your house? Well, are we going to rent it out? Are we going to sell it? What are we going to do with that? 
How, how about our family relationships and, and those kinds of things? Maybe all, they start thinking about all the legal things you need to take care of and maybe some health things you gotta take care of, vaccinations and immunizations, all those kinds of things. And, and you just aren't sure, but let me ask you, do you think after a while, I mean, you're, maybe you're trying to get out of here within, in the next month, do you think that at some point you might say, wait a minute, did I hear this right? <laughs> Don't you think you'd think that way? When you went in to talk to the boss and you, you, you're there to, to say, I need a leave of absence or I have to resign, do you think before you said that you'd go, am I getting this right? And yet, you really know for sure that you need to go do this and you need to go as soon as you can and you're gonna be there for the next year and you don't know what happens after that. Would that be a big deal in your life? It would be, wouldn't it? Well, that's what's going on here. I mean, we think of Paul and Barnabas, all Barnabas as these heroes of the faith, and they were. But they weren't always. How did they become heroes of the faith? It's because they did exactly this kind of thing. They took that huge, bold step. And that always seems so big to us. I mean, it is a big step, isn't it? And like even what I was just describing to you, That'd be a huge step. How in the world do we get to be that kind of bold Christian where we are, you know, we make those choices and do those things. And, and it might not be going to, to uh, Lebanon to help with that. It might be actually, you know, I'm going to reach my neighbors for Christ somehow. I got to go talk to them. I got to open this relationship up. I got to open the dialogue up. I got to do something. And, but it's big and it's bold. And how do we get there? How do we get there? Well, I think we see some keys here in the scriptures. Let's go back to chapter 11. So the gospel comes to the people in Antioch, some of whom I think we see in our leadership list later. Verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Verse 24, for he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit faith and a great many people were added to the Lord. How do you get added to the Lord? You receive Christ as Savior, don't you? You get saved, but what you do is you, you say yes to God about that. You start off by saying yes to him. And then we see that after they did that, uh, verse 23, the preaching that Barnabas did, it says, when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. In other words, now you have become a believer, now start living like a believer. Live like a believer today and tomorrow and the next day. And what did these people say to God? They said what? Yes. They said yes to God. And then in chapter 13, where we started off. Now there in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. They are serving. God somehow brought them to place where this opportunity came to them. A need was there and the opportunity was there for them to serve God. And when the opportunity presented it, the need presented itself and the opportunity was there, what did they say to God? They said yes to the Lord. 
And then there in verse number two is they ministered to the Lord and fasted. This idea of fasting, um, generally speaking, means that somebody is not taking any nutrition in at all. No food, no liquid food, usually water, but there's no, you know, calories in water, no nutrition there. And so uh, usually what's going on is that there's something that we are focusing on uh, and we may be very emotionally burdened about it or we may just be intellectually burdened and know we need to focus on it. But the idea is we're saying this is more important than eating is right now. How important is eating? And the overall scheme of things is pretty important. It's not always important, it's not always as important as I think it is at the moment. But it is important. But what we're saying is that knowing, you know, we either need God's direction or we need God's power or we need God's protection or whatever it is, and this is so important, we are seeking the Lord that we're not gonna eat for right now. Okay, so they were seeking the Lord. And, and when you're seeking the Lord, you've already, you're already saying what to him? Yes. Lord, we need to know. We need you. We say yes to you ahead of time for what you're going to do. And then certainly they said yes to him. We already saw when he sent them. Yes, 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 yes. This is bold Christian living, by the way. This is bold Christian living. And I want you to see a principle here. You know, I've talked many times in here about... um, How is it that people, Christians, end up committing terrible sins? I mean, you know, the big sins, the kind that even unsaved people would say was sin. You know what I'm talking about? Those kinds of things, right? Now, how in the world does a Christian get there? I mean, you think about yourself today. You know, most of you today, I mean, I don't know for sure what's going on in your life, but most of you today are not at great risk of committing terrible sin today. So how does that happen for somebody? And what I want to picture over here is on this side over here, this is the big, terrible sin that people get into. And they start over here. And there's no way you go from here to there in one step. But what you do is you make a compromise here. And then you kind of settle down here. And you get used to that compromise in your life, the little sin. And then there's another one. And so you make that compromise there and you sin here and, and then, well, this is only one step, right? You're never going very far. It's, what, it's always only just a little thing. And ultimately, you're all the way over here. And this huge sin is just what? Just one little step. That's how you get there. So you need to fight the battle back here, right? You, you know, you keep fighting, you, you sin and then you step back from it. And you sin and you step, but you keep fighting the battle here. Well, listen, the way we get to this big Christian living boldness that the Holy Spirit sent, so they went. The way we get to that is it, we're starting here. We don't get there all in one big jump. The way we get there is is just one step at a time. And that first step that anybody has to take to say, wait, let me back up just a minute. Let Let me just do a quick overview and then I'll come back to this. So the idea is this, that 
we need to be saved. And so when we receive Christ, we say what? We say yes to God. And then we, need, we learn that we need to live like Christians. Okay, we, we need to learn to live like Christians. And that means that no longer am I just a husband, I'm a Christian husband. No longer am I an employer or an employee, I'm a Christian employer or employee. No longer am I just a neighbor, I am a Christian neighbor. You see what I mean? And so we start learning what does that mean? And so we say yes to God in that. And then we learn something else and we say yes to God in that. And then uh, we, we understand, wow, I, I need to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I need to get together with Christians more consistently and we say yes to him in that. And maybe we learn something about giving and we say yes to him in that. And, and then at some point we realize we need to serve the Lord. If I'm gonna become the kind of Christian God wants me to do, I need to serve him. And so an opportunity comes up, the need, and I, I step out and I say yes. I think I can help park cars. I think I can help with the, you know, the coffee ministry or I can love little babies in the nursery. You know, we say yes to God. And then as we do this, you know, God works in our lives and he grows us and he changes us. And we reach this point where all of a sudden we start thinking, well, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do with my whole life? And so we, we say yes to God by seeking him in that. Lord, what do you want me to do? And we're saying yes and responding to that. And now, God says, I want you to do this big, huge, bold thing. I want you to pack up and move. I want you to walk across the street and talk to your neighbor. I want you to step out in faith. Your church is gonna start another church and I want you to be one of the ones to go and help. Whatever it is. But I want you to see something. That huge, big, bold faith step is how big of a step from here? It's just what? One more yes. One more yes. So how do you get from where you are today to that place where you can be taking that huge, bold step? Here's what you gotta do. You have to keep saying yes to God until it feels normal. That's bold living. Keep saying yes to God. Because see, most of these yes steps don't seem like big deals. They're pretty easy steps, aren't they? You know, they're pretty easy steps to take. Each Because it's only one little step. It's not a big deal. And so you keep saying yes to God until it feels normal when it's time for that big step. And by the way, I don't mean that you won't know that this is a big deal. You may know it's a really big deal, but you know what? You've said yes to God so often that of course I'll say yes to him here. And it's big and huge and God's gonna have to do an amazing thing, but I'm in, I'm in. And we take those steps. So you keep saying yes to God until it's just the normal thing to do. And that's how you become that person who can take that huge, huge, bold step. Let me tell you how this played out in my life. I grew up in a church where I, I learned the basic Bible stories and some religious stuff, but never really heard the gospel of how you need to be saved. As a high schooler, I started attending a church where they did preach the word and and uh, talked about those things, and in my freshman year of college, April 4th, 1975, I finally said yes to God. 
and I receive Christ as Savior. And, and, you know, one of the biggest things about receiving Christ as Savior is that God moves in, right? He moves in and he starts working on you on the inside and you start to understand some things, learn some things. And I realized, you know what? I need to be more consistent about going to church. And so I said yes to God in that. And, and uh, I need to start learning what the Bible says. What can I do? And I thought, well, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll read five chapters a day and that takes me, you know, five, 10 minutes maybe. I, sit, I said yes to God in that and, and I ended up reading more than that in the first th- two years of my Christian life. I read the Bible three times by saying yes to God in these things. And then, you know, they said, hey, you really, you need to get involved in serving God and, and we have a need. Our sixth grade boys, we need someone to lead our sixth grade boys. And I said, not knowing what in the world I was doing. Yes, I can do that. And I don't know how much they got out of it. But I got a lot out of it. And then at some point they asked me, they, they you know, saw what my gifting was, and they said, would you teach the college and career group, the young adult group? And I said, yes. And boy, that began to change me. You know, um, I was the biggest beneficiary again there. And then they said, listen, would you be willing to lead our singing and direct our choir? Well, that's a pretty big deal, but I got some experience there. Yes, I'll do that. And well, would you help us out in the office? Would you like come back? We'll pay you to be like part-time staff. Would you come? Yes, I'll do that. Serving him. And then this whole time, you know, you're in the word and you're in the church and you're on the mission with them and you're learning, you're growing. And all of a sudden one day you go, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do with it? And Glenda and I had gotten married. And uh, I kind of felt like he wanted me to go to the ministry. I wasn't sure. But, you know, I'm, I'm serving and doing all that. And, uh, but, but both Glenda and I were saying, God, what do you want us to do? I was working at General Mills at the time, packing flour. And I thought I wanted to become, I've told the story, but a probation parole officer because that's what my uh, bachelor's degree was in. And, and I tried to do that. And I won't tell the story here today, but God miraculously intervened and stopped me from doing that. And it became very clear over the next you know, month or two that ministry, you know, so I'm saying yes to God and moving that direction. I had the opportunity to go out to dinner uh, after Wednesday night, I think, or Sunday, I don't remember, but with the pastor and a missionary that we had. And this missionary, I don't remember his name, uh, I don't remember where he was going, but he was from Oklahoma and wore a big belt buckle and cowboy boots. I remember that and had a strong accent. And he's talking to me and asked, what are you planning to do? I said, well, we really think we want to go into ministry and all that. He said, so when are you going? I said, well, we're thinking. He said, if you don't set a date, You'll never go. So I went home and talked to Glenda. And we set a date. We said, yes, Lord. And a couple months later, we picked up and moved. Same thing happened coming up here. We moved up here not knowing if we had a place to live or uh, we didn't have a job, had to find all that kind of stuff. But we're taking steps. But the point is, these bigger steps of faith in my life that are over here, this bold approach to, to pick up and move and then with a newborn baby or one-year-old baby and another one on the way to move to the other part of the country you've never known. And I, I'm not saying I have great faith because that, that didn't even feel like that. But it was a big deal to us. 
But what I'm trying to tell you is that decision to do that was only one small step. Because we had said yes to God time and time again to where this, while a big deal to us, just seemed normal. And so there's nobody here today that cannot be this big, bold faith person. The key is you gotta say yes all along the way. And then that won't be anything but one more yes to God. And we need to be bold. We need to be bold like this. If we're gonna accomplish what God has given us to do, we gotta be bold in our faith, bold in living it out, bold in following God's promptings. And it may not be things we right now would even want to think about. But we've got to be there. Even in our personal witnessing, right? More boldness. Um, how many of you Christians here today, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that some of you, huh? some of you Christians are here today, maybe most of you feel like, yeah, I do need to be a little bolder. I, I need some more boldness in my life for Christ and I, I, I'm going to need to say yes, you know, more consistently and to develop. How many of you Christians would say, yeah, I need to grow in my boldness? Right. Well, let's go, Lord, in prayer. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for each of these people here, myself included, Lord, that uh, we need to be bolder in our faith. We need to be bolder in our witness. We need to be bolder in our steps of faith, uh, whether it's in our serving you in some way or our giving or our praying, where we need to be bolder in those things, Father. I pray that you would remind us that that boldness is built in as we say yes to you step by step. Help us to see the significance of every yes decision now, Father, that is taking us somewhere to where you want us to be. Make us bold as we do that, Father. Do great things through us, things that are far beyond what we can imagine or plan for. Do that with us individually and as a church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Let's just keep our heads bowed and eyes closed here for a little bit, please. No one looking around. There are probably some of you here today who have not said yes to God for the first time. You have not said yes to God about receiving Christ as Savior. You know that you've sinned against God. You know that because you sinned against God that that's separated you from him. But Jesus is the Son of God, the Lord. He came to earth and he lived a perfect and sinless life and died on the cross as he did. He was paying the penalty for our sins, sort of taking our place is uh, paying the penalty. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And here's the deal. God says to you here today that if you will sincerely acknowledge that you, you know that you've sinned against him and that your, your sins have separated you from him and, and you'll believe that Jesus is who the Bible said he was and that he did die for your sins and rise again, that right now you can receive Christ as Savior. You can make that personal connection with Christ that you haven't ever really settled before. You can settle it right now. And if you do that, then every sin will be forgiven. 
You will receive eternal life. And then probably the biggest thing, God himself will move in and begin producing good changes from the inside out. And you can receive Christ by just talking to God and and telling him where you're at and what your need is and that you're opening up to him and saying yes to Christ the Savior. And what i like to do is give you an opportunity to do that right now. In just a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And if, if you're saying, yeah, I need to settle that once and for all, then you pray along with me. You can pray silently. God knows what's in your heart and mind. But you just pray along with me. If, if, that's, if you're saying, yes, I do wanna say yes to God and settle this once and for all. Pray along with me now. Say, God, I know that I've sinned against you. And I know that my sins have separated me from you. And I know if I die like that, I'll I'll be separated from you forever in hell. That's not what I want. I believe that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. I believe he died for my sins and rose again from the dead. Right now, the best I know how, I receive Jesus as my savior. I accept his payment for my sins. I say yes to you in this God. Amen. Still heads bowed, eyes closed, please, just a little bit longer. If you just prayed with me to receive Christ as Savior, in just a minute I'm going to ask you to indicate that to me by raising your hand with nobody else looking around. But if you just pray that prayer with me, the Bible says that every sin is now forgiven. Every sin you've ever committed or ever will commit, everyone paid for by Jesus on the cross. You now have eternal life. When this life comes to an end, you go to heaven to be with the Lord. And God himself has moved into you. And he's going to begin working to bring good change into your life. What I want to do is have you to take a step here to acknowledge that you've made the decision so that I can pray for you. If you just prayed with me to receive Christ as Savior, would you just now, with nobody else looking around, just raise your hand and indicate that? Is there anyone like that here today? I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Father, thank you so much for this one who said he prayed with you to receive Christ as Savior. I pray that you make it so real in his life. And I pray that it will be just the first of many yeses that he will say to you until he is living that bold Christian life the way that you want him to. Pray for all of us, Father, that you would stir our hearts with this. That we would say yes to you that we might live boldly for you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise the Lord, we had one today say, I receive Christ as Savior, right? Amen. And that there may have been others of you who prayed and for one reason or another, you didn't feel like raising your hand. We would encourage you, if you pray to receive Christ as Savior today, do a couple of things. Uh, one is in the, the chairs there in front of you, there's a card that says, what's my next step? Take that card with you, look it over, we can help you with that. Second, we'd love to have you talk to us about it, say, hey, I prayed with you today, and uh, so we can encourage you and help you get off to a great start, okay? All right, God bless you. Go out and say yes to God and be bold, okay? You're dismissed.